Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back, guys. This is Believe in Rams. I'm Jake Ellenboga. Joining me, as always, is your former Rams linebacker, Cameron Lynch. And unfortunately, we're coming with you. Although, let's be honest, Cam, this is two in a row, two losses. Uh, we had plenty of losses last year, so we're used to this. We know how to handle ourselves, compose yeah. ourselves. But we do, as you put it off air, have some smoke for the Rams. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we're definitely going to have things to talk about. And I'm sure a lot of you guys might actually agree with most of what we're going to say. But before we do say that, Cam, a word from our sponsors, betonline.ag, which is your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Get the latest odds, lines, and match reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. But Cam, I had another really great week on Underdog Fantasy. Uh, I think it's time, if you guys haven't signed up, Now's the time to do it. Now is really the time to do it because until October 4th, the double deposit has now gone up to a five times deposit. So you can get up to $500 uh, bonus match when you sign up. And Cam, where can they go and sign up for Underdog Fantasy? You can start playing fantasy football on Underdog Fantasy today. Users will receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 if they use our promo code OTE at sign up. You can click the link in the description to get started today, Jake. Today, and that's right, underdog fantasy. Although, like I said, it's now $500 for a limited time. So mm. new users can sign up for a $500, up to $500 bonus match on your first deposit. Pretty awesome stuff there, Cam. And... um. Yeah, now let's dive right into this game because, you know, look, <laughs> this wasn't great, but it, there were there were things that were great. And one of those things happened to be your side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I was really, really, really impressed. And I was also frustrated because <laughs> yeah. not only was it 2022 all over again last night, but no. It was 2022 all over again after an offense of where defense doesn't matter after an off season, excuse me, of where defense doesn't matter. Offense does. We're going to build the offense up. We're going to rebuild the, the run game, the offensive line, all of that. And it just seemed like, you know, it, it was all a lie <laughs> because <laughs> last night, Cam, the defense I mean, it didn't look like they were missing Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, Ashawn Robinson, Greg Gaines, Nick Scott, Taylor Rapp, uh, Leonard Floyd. Well, yeah, Leonard Floyd, definitely. Yeah, they, yeah. they could use another edge defender, which yeah. we'll get into. But it didn't look like, like, it, there's no more excuses, folks. Raheem Morris has proven time and time again he is the top five defensive coordinator in all of football. He's not going to be around much longer because somebody is definitely going to hire him as a head coach with what he's working with. These yeah. young kids, you got a bunch of rookies, second year, undrafted, and he's making it work against Joe Burrow. I don't care that Joe Burrow was hurt. Right. That's Jamar Chase out there. That's T. Higgins. And Jamar Chase ate. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Everyone else was under 40 yards, Cam. That's yeah. how you do it. 
Jake, I mean, Aaron Donald, number one. Shout out to Aaron because the game would have been a little bit different, Jake, if Aaron wasn't playing football. I think that's number one. Number two, the corner play, right? There's one corner that did decent. There's another corner that didn't do so decent. And so I think you talk about missing Jalen Ramsey. I think that's starting to show up just a little bit here, Jake. I'll call that out. Um, you know, we got our guy, Dearion Kendrick. He, he had some decent plays, but also some plays where I'm like, ooh, you know, come playoffs, like, I think there's going to be some moments where he can get exposed, Jake. I think coming up to tackle, I think at the end of the day, coming up to tackle, I would like to see him tackle a little bit better. There were some plays where there would be a pile, Jake. He would come in with a little flipper, and Joe Mixon would keep running. I'd be like, all right, bro, <laughs> you got to <laughs> tighten up a little bit here. But our guy, Keller Witherspoon, I love the way he played. He had interception he had, how he snagged out of Boyd's hands. That's the play we need from the back end, Jake. It is full stop there. And I think on the defensive line, you talked about it. Our guy, our, our guy Hoyt, man. I, Jake, I don't know what it is, but anytime I watch the game, I see him dropping back and passes, playing that curl flat play, Jake. And guys are running past him. I mean, you know, and for me, and for me, I think I get so worked up about it because I had to play curl flat and I know how hard it is. So to drop a defensive end out there, it's almost, I would say, a little disrespectful. Like the, the fact that Raheem thinks a defensive end can cover receivers out in space. That's a little disrespectful to other teams. And these guys are taking advantage of it, Jake. I mean, these guys are taking advantage of it. And I keep calling it out every week. But, you know, he he he, he gets back and plays defense and plays linebacker, essentially, but then has to go up and defend the run. There was a, another cutback boot, boot and reverse situation where he's chasing down a line of scrimmage. And Joe Burrow saw the, the most recent game. And he, nice little boot, pass, pass the receiver, and they, they convert. And so I think with Hoyt, he's trying to figure out how to play like linebacker and DB and covering space and then also his defensive end rules. And I think they're getting mixed up. And it's – I keep calling it out, Jake, and it's not good, man. I, I think the Rams need to fix that. And then on the offensive side, the turnovers. We talked about it, man, the turnover game. We turned the ball over twice. Thankfully, thankfully we got one. But turn the ball over twice, and it's hard to, it's hard to win ball games like that, Jake. No, it's it's incredibly difficult to win ball games like that. Um, they were able to come away with an interception that I thought really should have changed the momentum of the game. Akella Witherspoon's one-handed catch. First off, he's tied for seventh in the league now through three games, giving up five receptions on the season, um, which is, is great. I mean, that's great yeah. stuff. He was targeted 13 times so far, the first three games, still only giving up five catches for 53 yards. I mean, he'll take that, you know. Um, Darion Kendrick has given up six on 15 for 43. So I think he's played well, to be fair. Um, I'm a little surprised that we haven't seen like an emergence from a guy that I thought and you, you thought was primed to have, you know, maybe a, a star type of season, Kobe Durant. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of just is there. He doesn't look, he, he doesn't have that killer instinct. I thought last night, if we saw the Kobe Durant from last year, He's picking that ball off that was thrown right in his, you know, vicinity yeah, to, yeah. Ty, uh, you know, Hudson, the the tight end. And it's like he's sitting there and he's watching it just go. I'm like, I, this is the guy that's jumping that last year, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I think right now um, it, it's early, but I, I'm a little disappointed in, in Kobe Durant, to be fair. Um, I think Witherspoon and Kendrick have looked good. Kendrick, what I like is is the short play memory. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, you just got burned. And then you come back the next play and you just shut down T. Higgins. Like yeah, that's, yeah. That's what I like about him. 
Um, as far as, you know, Michael Hoyt goes, I, I mean, man, I like the guy and he's incredible. Yeah. He is an incredible athlete, to be fair. Yeah. And that's you know? what people are seeing. They were like, hey, he can run. He can do this and that. And, like, he can cover. And I'm sure, like, in practice he does a good job, Jake. But with these elite receivers, man, it just – and I think, I think too, Jake, I think he's asked, he's stretched thin. I think he's being asked to do a little bit too much. And I don't know if he's able to produce as a defensive end because he's dropping back in coverage. So that, that's my bone with that. But, you know, that, that's on Raheem Morris, Jake, to make sure that he's in the proper positions to be successful. I don't, I don't think he is. So Byron Young has dropped in coverage 16 times. It's 10th in the league. Uh, so they definitely asked their outside linebackers to do that. Michael yeah. Hoyt, 37 times. That's second <laughs> in the league, only behind Andrew Van Ginkel, who, let's be honest here, if you've ever seen him play, he's an athlete, but he's also built to be a, like an off-ball linebacker. So that's yeah. like normal, right? To yeah. have Hoyt dropping in coverage 15 times more than the next true edge defender in Kayvon Thibodeau is insanity. I mean, in Michael Parsons, Jake, he he told his coach, like, hey, I know I'm the off the ball linebacker, but put me back on the ball. Like, And I would like to see that, to be honest, like midway through the season. Like, hey, I wish Hoy was like, hey, coach, like, I love dropping back. I know I'm an athlete, but let me get let me get to the line of scrimmage and do what I was paid to do, which is rush the passer. <laughs> yeah. And and he's he's given up all six targets uh, for six six catches, thirty two yards. Um, Those are first downs, man. Those are just that's, hey, first that's down. the thing. You might look at it and be like, oh, thirty two yards. No, for a corner, that's excellent. For yeah. you know an edge defender, I mean, you know those are coming on those curl flats, third and two, and it's like you got to make that stop. And you know, it's just. I'm sorry, like, you can't get mad at Michael Hoyt for having to defend Jamar Chase. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> DK Metcalf week week one. Like, I mean, just at what point is it going to be too much? And, Jake, I don't want to talk too much about it, but at this point, Jake, when you're losing back-to-back games, you gotta you got to call what you see, and I just don't know if that's working well uh, when it comes to dropping the defensive ends back. Um, but, hey, man, I would hope that Raheem can figure this out. I know we're saying it to our blue in the face, but I hope Raheem can figure it out. Uh, but, Jake, just – also on the offensive side, man, uh, I know it's funny. I just saw your Twitter over the weekend. You're like, Kyron Williams, people are talking smack. My man Kyron ran the ball well, but, I mean, he had a time where he was dropping the ball like it was a hot potato, my man. Like, oh, it was brutal. So I think Hoyt and Kyron, I would like – those are some of my favorite guys on this team, Jake, and I would like to see them do better next week. That's That's my big takeaway is – these guys play really well, great football. We're fans of these guys. We just want to see them next week say, hey, I know I made some mistakes last week. Next week, let me clean this up. So that's all That's all I'll say on that. So um, I like that we started with the defense yeah. because that's not being talked about. And the whole point is that, I mean, I just said Raheem Morris, I think, pitched a clinic. Like that was a coaching clinic. But there are just some little things where if you work on, they're going to become an elite defense. Mm -hmm. And I think they they don't have, outside of Byron Young, they don't have another running guy, a running mate. Yeah. And I think that there's, at this point, there's just no excuse. You got to go out there. It, Hoyt's not even cutting it as a rusher now. So, I, I mean, <laughs> you, you look at Jonah Williams for the Bengals, he didn't give up pressure. You had mm. Bengals fans saying that was the greatest game I've ever seen from Jonah Williams. It's like, I don't even think he gave up. He didn't. He did not yeah. give up a pressure. Yeah. So to me, moving forward, if the Rams are serious about this team, seriously believe they can win 
and go to the playoffs and who knows after that, then they need to get it together. They need to go outside of the organization because everyone in the organization right now outside of Byron Young is not going to cut it at edge. They need a true pass rusher. And they had one in Leonard Floyd, but we're not going to go into the past and complain that Leonard, Leonard Floyd's gone. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, seeing Kyle Van Noy today working out and likely going to be signed by the Ravens grinds my gears a little bit. Why is he not in, in the Rams building? You know, yeah. get some guys that can rush the passer because this defense is really, really good and they're way ahead of schedule, but they could be elite if yeah. they had one more rusher. I really like what we saw last night out of the defense. And I just felt like it's just, once again, the Rams haven't really surprised me because everything about the Rams has been things that we've said all off season on our shows. They need an edge defender, right? They, they need to run the ball. So now we move to the offensive uh, side of the ball and, you know, we can talk about Zach Thomas and how he was absolutely abysmal last night uh, as a left tackle, but he came in on the fly and he wasn't the backup left tackle. They just right. kept him in there because Joe Nopum, who they paid over $10 million a year to be the left tackle. They've now decided is a right guard and they didn't want to take two guys out to me. I disagreed with that move, but furthermore, not only did I disagree with the move, I was willing to stick by that move and be like, okay, I can, I can reason with you as long as you're giving Zach Thomas help. My man was on an Island against one of the best pass rushers in all of football and Trey Hendrickson. Yeah. I don't know what to do at this point. If Sean McVay <laughs> is not going to, and he is a genius, but it just doesn't even make sense. You had people on Twitter saying, is he throwing the game on purpose? Like, I don't know because I genuinely like I've never seen McVay like leave a, a inexperienced guy that's never started in the NFL on an island at left tackle with no help, no chip help, no double teams, nothing. Yeah. And I've never seen him. Well, let's just put it this way. I have these stats I just did. You know, I love my homework, Cam. So <laughs> yeah. I made I did this project here. Sean McVay in one possession games has never run the ball fewer times than the last two weeks. That's it. Is, Full is, stop. Is that is that Cam Akers not there anymore? Not having much confidence in the run game anymore? More pad? Like what? I think he's just obsessed with throwing the football. Yeah. Obsessed. I mean, he, he has to be, Jake. He has to be obsessed. And my thing is, for guy, our guy, Kyra, we talked about him catching the football out of the backfield. We talked about this last week, and he's excellent at it. Unfortunately, him and Matthew Stafford did not connect this weekend. So it's like, okay, if Kyron is dropping the ball multiple times, Jake, it's like, okay, well, have him run it then. Have him run it. And he didn't really get into that until the fourth quarter when it was about too late. Kyron started running it. Some nice screen plays to him. But it was it was, it was was abysmal too. Kyron's hands, Jake. It, it was abysmal. Logan on the outside, that was abysmal. I think Hendrickson, he had a sack. So, uh, Sam Hubbard had a sack. <clears throat> Everyone had a sack. And you would think, okay, Let's put let's put Kyron on this side where where Logan is and have him chip protect and do his thing, but that didn't happen. Um, Higby, you would think Higby would be on that side with Logan, help him out a little bit. And so, to be honest, Jake, the Bengals showed up that game. Hurt Joe Burrow not? They showed up that game. That defense. I mean, Logan Wilson. Did Matthew Stafford have a contract with Logan Wilson before the game? Say, hey, buddy, I know you're a good player. I don't know how many interceptions you get on the season normally, but I'm gonna give you two this game. That you know, at some point, Jake, that's you can't you can't have that, man, and that's just unacceptable. So not only were they 
not only were they not clicking on offense, but they gave the ball up, Jake. And we just, like I said, we talked about it, man, is that holding on to the football is supremely important against the Bengals who y'all beat in the Super Bowl. Like you almost have to have a perfect game. And we did not on offense. And I know we talk about the 24 hour rule, Jake, it's within that 24 hour rule. So we can still be pissed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Ankrum was in there for three snaps and he gets a penalty. And Zach Thomas gets a penalty and Coleman Shelton gets a penalty. So not only can you guys not keep Stafford upright, I don't want to get too much on Coleman Shelton. The guy only gave up one pressure, but the penalties killed them. But furthermore, we can't just sit here and make excuses for Sean McVay. This was by far one of the worst games of his career that he's coached. They had every opportunity and then some to win this football game. And this is a really good Bengals team. I've told you over and over again, I think this team yeah. can win a Super Bowl. Um, but last night, the Rams should have won this game. Unacceptable yeah. to have lost this. When you look at Kyron Williams, the way he was running, uh, only 10 carries, which, by the way, is the fewest a running back has ever been given in a Sean McVay one-possession game in his career. That's 48 games he's been in that have been one possession, including the postseason. And the fewest are 14, which was last week, and 10, which is this week. And here's the thing. It's, you know, I, I keep getting asked, does Sean McVay not believe in Kyron? I don't think that's it. I think Sean McVay, the last two games against San Francisco and Cincinnati, big games here, a primetime game and a massive division rivalry game, I think he always panics and wants Stafford to play backyard football. Yeah. And the problem is in both of these games, no boom's gone down and Alaric Jackson went down in the third game. Okay. So you lost your left tackle. Look at how significant losing the right guard was last week. Okay. Now you lose the left tackle. Uh, the right guard comes out first three plays. He did come back, but it's just not it's not going to cut it. And so my thing is, if you're such a football savant, which he is, I don't understand for the life of me, how Sean McVay sits there with a third string left tackle. And, you know, Matthew Stafford last year with a, uh, you know, a contusion of his spinal cord and you're seeing him get decked and you don't run the football. And this game was literally a one possession game almost the entire time. And when the Rams had the lead, they're still throwing down the field. And what does yeah. Sean say in his presser cam? Well, we had, you know, these, these structures and, and different, you know, we had these different looks. They call, <laughs> they call Lou Anarumo Ludini for a reason. He's Ooh. giving you that pre-snap look to buy, like to, to get you to buy in and then he's taken away Puka Nakua. He's taken away a Tutu Atwell, a Van Jefferson, a Tyler Higby. And then when he takes those guys away, now that you now Stafford doesn't have time to throw because he knows Sam Hubbard's a good pass rusher. Trey Hendrickson's an absolute monster. Hey, let's take a look. DJ Reader with a huge sack yeah. at the beginning of the game after and we'll get into that as well. But after they took away the Tavon touchdown or Tavon, I mean, Tavon <laughs> two, Austin, two. that actually just came up on my screen just now. Tavon <laughs> Austin is meeting with Seattle. I thought he was out of the league. So hats off to him. But uh, the two, two touchdown, which was yeah. BS. Um, but here's the thing, Cam, I'm going to say this right now. The officiating has to be better. Sure. Okay. Yeah. They took away two touchdowns from the Rams. They first off, 
they literally allowed Zach Taylor to call a timeout after the ball was snapped. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter. It's not when you do this. It's when the official blows the whistle. And he yeah. blew it after the ball was snapped. And then the 2-2 Abwell one, which wasn't conclusive. But we're not going to sit here and blame the referees for the loss because the game still went on after that. Those yeah. weren't fourth down plays, Cam. Even though you had 14 points taken off the board, potentially, you still, as the number one red zone offense, number one third down offense coming into this game, you did that by running the football and playing a balanced offense. And in this game, Sean McVay went away from that. So to me, they had every single opportunity to win this game and then some when Joe Burrow gave the ball away. And they did not do it. Yeah, I mean, you talked about Lou, Jake, uh, the Bengals defensive coordinator. You Shout out to him because before this game, we were thinking about Matthew Stafford, top three quarterback in the NFL. Puka Nakul was rolling. Tutu Atwell was rolling. And they did pretty decent this game, right? A couple seven or so yards each, right? Catching some footballs over the middle, moving things along. I, I do think Tutu Atwell had one of his better games. I know, like, stat-wise not, but he showed up in big moments. Van Jefferson had some nice catches that were like, okay, thank you, Van, right? Trade <laughs> deadline's coming up in October, Van, so we need you to – uh, October 31st is trade. I looked it up the other day. My dad's like, son, trade deadline's coming up. Van Jefferson has to ball out or he's getting traded. And I'm like – I'm like, yeah, but who, you know, who's going to want him if he's not producing? So I think at, at the end of the day, Jake, let's talk about Van Jefferson for a little bit here. But October's about to hit. I think Van Jefferson has a couple games to really put on, whether it's for the Rams or for another organization, because he he has to be another threat, another option. He has to make people feel scared about what he's bringing to the table, and I don't think they are. Um, but then going back, Jake, to the Bengals' defense. Um, Dax Hill. I mean, when I say Jake, these guys were flying through the line of scrimmage, untouched TFL sacks. I think what they did to the Rams offensive line, what they did to the Rams offense is commendable, Jake, because I was thinking, like I said, before this game, the Rams offense is unstoppable at this moment, right? Matthew Stafford's thrown out of his mind and they they made him uncomfortable all game. They were blitzing. They made him uncomfortable uh, compared to the Rams defense now. Well, I'm flipping back here, the Rams defense, just the difference between the blitz pressures and actually finding success. The Rams defense, they got home a lot of times, but then you would also see whenever the Rams would blitz, Jake, Joe Burrow would diagnose it nicely, find the open receiver, and move things forward. I do think when it came to the Rams offense and the Bengals defense, their blitzes were a little bit more successful. So I, I, I called out Lou because good damn job. You figured it out, and the Rams are now – looking like, okay, are we going to go back to last year? Uh, did the Bengals' defensive line punish the Rams' offensive line so much that it looks like last year's offensive line? I'm not sure what it is, but the Bengals took it to the Rams, Jake, and you got to tip your hat off. you got to tip your hat off. The fact that they made us this frustrated the next day, that goes to show that Lou was in his bag. He's in his bag, and you got to hand it to him. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I think anyone that's trying to take away this win from the Bengals, that's not the right approach here. And I also think anyone that's trying to minimize, like, and that's that's kind of the thing that uh, we need to be even keel here because we're frustrated because, you know, last week the story was they played the Niners tough. They were ahead of schedule. This week they were supposed to win. Joe Burrow was hurt. But even, you know, me to a degree kind of even forgets in, in the heat of the moment, like I thought the Rams were going to win and I thought they had blowout potential, obviously, if Joe Burrow didn't play. But 
you can't forget that like this Bengals team has been the cream <laughs> of the crop in the AFC. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's the thing is like this only like Patrick Mahomes has only beaten this team once. Like he's lost, I think three other times to Joe Burrow in, in Cincinnati. And I think a big reason for that, n- not to take anything away from Joe Burrow, but it's Lou Anaruma. I mean, he just does such a great job. McVay mentioned him multiple times in the presser. Um, you know, I still think in this game, and by the way, Cam, I'm going to go back here. I'm going to date you a little bit. All right, here, 2017, okay? Yeah. Sean McVay's first ever one-possession game. I was there, Washington, mm-hmm. right? So 16 carries and a loss in that game. Mm-hmm. Now, my biggest issue, and this to me, this exemplifies who McVay is for his career. He's the guy that's won a Super Bowl. He is so – he's honestly one of the best coaches in all of football, one of yeah. the best offensive minds we've ever seen, but he gets into his head. And Ooh. I think he overthinks it. And the thing is, I mean, Zach Taylor was on that coaching staff watching him overthink it. Ooh. So he knows. He knows Sean McVay. It's Ooh. so easy to read when someone already knows how – over the, it's not even just watching the film like oh I know what Sean's gonna do here right. and so I almost feel like Sean was like he knows what I'm gonna do so I'm gonna do exactly what I'm gonna do because he's gonna think I'm gonna switch it up right. and it's like that just never happened and it's so, like just run the damn ball Sean <laughs> and, well so get this first uh, one possession game of, of McVay's career against Washington his first loss of his career mind you Gurley goes for 16 carries 88 yards and a touchdown and they stopped running the ball in a game they lost 27-20. At home. Mm. To me, that's been Sean McVay. He just stops running the football. Todd Gurley has 16 for 88, and you just stop. Oh, I'm Mm. not done there, Cam. There have been some big games. Kyron, first off, 10 carries, 38 yards. He had four of those 10 carries, by the way, went for at least eight yards. So he was, he was having a game and he was yeah. getting he was getting yards and they just they weren't giving him the ball. Kyron against the 49ers, 14 carries 52. You stop running it with him. Hendo against the Bills in the 31-10 loss on Monday, on us Thursday night football to kick off the season last year. Everyone looks at it, oh, they got blown out. Why do you think they got blown out? The game flow. They take Hendo. He has 13 uh, carries for 47 yards. Then we look at the 49er game, the 24-9 game last year, week four, Cam. And, oh, it's 24 to 9. We know why it's 24 to 9. Rams are going down the field driving with a chance to tie the game and the pick six to uh, Hufanga. They changed it. But here's the thing, right? Seven carries, 27 yards. They abandoned the run entirely in a one-possession game with Hendo. Then you look at the Tampa game. Brutal, Cam. That was brutal i mean i i understand that that was hard for you because you played for both teams you like both yeah. teams you, you still care for both teams um 16 to 13 on the road there's no excuse they were running they had 12 carries for 56 yards with henderson and they just abandoned the run in a one possession game against tom brady then you Ooh. look at 2021 week nine tennessee they lose on sunday night football when no one november could have been prevented They lose on Sunday night football against Tennessee. Henderson is averaging 5.5 yards per carry on 11 carries, abandons the run, and Tennessee just took over. Um, Then you have 
2021, Week 10, San Francisco, 31 to 10. Okay, that was the game where Kyle Shanahan ran it like 45 times uh, in that game. Henderson's averaging six. Sony Michelle's averaging five. They got nine carries, Cam. Nine. Damn. Then, not done. Oh. 2020, <laughs> okay. 2020 divisional game, Cam. Green Bay, 32 to 18. Cam Akers, 18 carries, 90 yards. We didn't need to give them more carries. They couldn't stop Cam. It's like a six yards per carry average. They couldn't stop him. One of the best running backs in in the playoffs that year. Nope, stopped running it with him. The Baltimore game, Cam. I understand <laughs> it was brutal. It was forty five to six at the Coliseum. Lamar Jackson threw the ball over the yard, but you had Todd Gurley, who had six carries in that game. Yeah, and you could say he had six carries because the game was forty five to six. No, they started throwing immediately and they turned the ball over and it changed the course of the game. There you, you go. New England and, in the Super Bowl. Okay. You know, New England in the Super Bowl. Sorry, I, I got two more. <laughs> New England in the Super Bowl. Ten carries with Todd Gurley. Okay? Ten carries in the Super Bowl in a game that was 0-0 going into the fourth quarter, Cam. And yeah. then you have Philadelphia, 30-23 to in 2018, week 15, Cam. Gurley, 12 carries, 48 yards, two touchdowns. Nope. Nope. One position game. And then the last one was Philly. 2017, week 14, when Carson Wentz. Looked really good. Probably could have won the MVP if he didn't get hurt. Why does Gurley have 13 carries for 96 yards and two touchdowns? And they just stop running the ball with him. Mm-hmm. This is a pattern, and he yeah. needs to fix it. And he said he was going to fix it. That's why they got Mike LaFleur. This is the worst. The last two games have been the worst usage of running backs in one position games of his career. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm seeing, the common denominator, Jake, it sounds like between 18 and 16 carries. If the Rams don't go over that quota, it's going to be a bad day. You just read it off since 2017 through 2023, right? If there's less than 16 to 18 carries for folks that are listening, it's going to be a tough day in the office for the Rams. They've won some games with less, fewer carries, but we need to run the ball more. My second thing, Jake, my second takeaway is with Cam Akers, right, is with the with, with whatever was going on with Cam Akers, whether it be the attitude or whatever he was bringing to that running back room, is it forcing Sean and also the play calls to folks on the offense to veer away from it? Like, oh, we got that guy Cam over there. He's an asshole. Whatever they're saying. I'm not saying he's an <laughs> asshole. But if that was the case, is it subconsciously moving, removing them from the run game, removing them for what they know that works? Because Cam Akers, when he was there with, with our guy Kyron, they were running the ball pretty damn well at the end of the year last year, right? At the end of the year last year, Cam Akers was all running back everything well. Fast forward to this year, he gets traded. How did he, why did he get traded? What kind of conversations were going on? So I'm just curious about the psychology, what that looks like, Jake, the psychology around it. And to be fair, when you're behind in a football game, right, the goal is to move the ball down the field, um, take, you know, make sure that you're conscious of the clock and score a touchdown. I get that. But that what you're saying is when it comes to that fight or flight experience, that fight or flight thought, it can't always be throw the football, throw the football. We need to run it more. We need to get the ground game going. And hey, Ronnie Rivers is back there catching punts and punt returns, kickoff, kickoff returns. Let's get Ronnie back there, right? But I think the Rams have to figure out that one-two punch because I think with this one running back piece with Kyron Williams by himself, I'm not sure if the Rams it's like psychologically if they know what to do with it, right? So I'm curious to see where they go with Ben Skoranek. Is he going to be in the backfield a little bit more, right? Do we see more two back uh, backfields? I'm not sure, but 
whatever happened yesterday, uh, yesterday, Jake, it ain't it. We got the Colts coming up, and just know that that deep, those linebackers are flying around, right? You're going back to playing the 49ers again when you have some of the better linebackers in the league, EJ Speed and Zaire Franklin playing linebacker for the Colts in the defensive line. I mean, these guys are are going to cause the same problems that the Bengals did. So uh, we got to figure out how to run the football, Jake. We got to figure out how to move things, move the chains forward, and, and come up with the win because. You know, it's all fine and dandy now, right? Only early in the season, but when it comes to week ten, week twelve, we don't want to come back and be saying the same things. No, I agree with you. Um, by the way, Kyron leads the entire league in uh, pass uh, re- receiving snaps. Um, he's actually ahead of Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, Bijan Robinson, Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard. Like he's he's by far actually uh, he leads. Travis Etienne by uh, 26 snaps receiving. This is exactly like carbon copy what it was like watching Daryl Henderson, except mm-hmm. Henderson was a better receiver, as we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Daryl Henderson, pass protector. Daryl Henderson, receiver. This is what I don't get. So Cam Akers supplanted Daryl Henderson. when Dar- I said Daryl Henderson was the better running back. They pushed Henderson out for Akers. Mm-hmm. Akers starts good, doing well. Now, Akers, they push out for Kyron. So they have this. They actually want Daryl Henderson. They want that ability to play everything, but then they don't trust them. So it's yeah. like, I don't know what to I, I don't know what to say, because bottom line is, you know, if if you're only going to give Kyron 10 carries it, it, because you, you don't think he can take on more carries, you're wrong. He can. But if that's the case, then you have to fix it because this is not, this isn't going to be conducive to winning football games. And if you're going to have him, you know, r- having 109 receiving snaps leading the league like Henderson was for the most yeah. part, I mean, you're not even using him in the receiving game yeah. the way you should be. I haven't seen there. any wheel routes. You <laughs> yeah, know? you're about to put Ben back there or how they do with Debo, put a wide back back there. That's how they're I, using him. They're using him like a wide back. <laughs> I just have no idea like what to, to make of this offense because it, that's the thing that, that sucks about this. I'm not panicking. I'm not, you know, I'm not super concerned. Yeah. Uh, I think this was just a bad game. Yeah. But it's fair to question Sean McVay and running backs because Todd Gurley, he looked unbelievable in Sean McVay's offense. But if would Todd Gurley in his prime look unbelievable in this Sean McVay offense? I don't know because he'd give it to him 10 carries and stop giving it to him. Yeah, I mean, that's just yeah. the way it is. I think he's so Run obsessed. The damn ball. <laughs> yeah, I think now he's like, we got Matthew Stafford. He is so obsessed that he can't just move away from throwing the ball every single time. And, and God forbid Matthew get hurt. Jake. I don't know. God, God forbid Matthew ter- tear a fingernail or something like that, because then now what, right? You go back to run the ball a little bit more. It's like, let's not wait for that. Let's not wait for something to happen. Let's figure out how to keep things balanced. And like you said, run the ball more than 18 times, Jake, so we can get the ball in the end zone. And Kyron, Kyron needs to have at least one or two touchdowns a game, right? Whether it be running, you punch it in the end zone, you're close to the red zone, and you figure that out. But it's what we saw these past two weeks, it's not working. <laughs> it's not working. The whole two-two Atwell, uh, the the touchdown being overturned, the balls at the three, they go oh, yeah. three straight passes. I just don't, I don't get it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you I don't play, understand you think about it. The Se- Seahawks and Patriots game, right? We always talk about this. Russell Wilson, why? Well, you got Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. Why not run the football when you're that close? Little did you know, he throws interception, and there, there you go, right? The Rams ha- had that ball right there in the red zone, and just got, got sacked, got pushed back, had ended up with a field goal, and it's like, come on, man, we need to score at times like this. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little frustrating for folks that are listening. It's a little frustrating today. Um, but we have the Colts next week. So I think by tomorrow, Jake, by the time we, we post this online, we should then be preparing for the Colts. <laughs> yeah, just uh, we're on to Indy, as uh, Bill Belichick would say. <laughs> <laughs> we're on um, to Indy. But yeah, no, this this has been a much needed episode. I think I think you have to let people know. I mean, you know, we, we touched on it. They Their issues are issues that we've talked about all off season. Nothing about this is surprising. It's upsetting. That's the yeah. thing. Is it surprising Sean McVay with his body of work abandoned the run for the millionth time? No. It's it's disappointing because we yeah. thought that this was a rebuilt run game. You got Jordan Rodriguez of the Athletic coming out and saying they're really excited. They think this run game is really going to take off and, you know, the stats don't indicate how well that they've been playing. And so we're, you know, you get that article come out right before this game and you're thinking, "Oh, is Kyron going to go for a buck 20?" No. Against the worst run defense, one of the worst run defenses in the league this year, has, you know, they've given up 200 yards almost to both teams back to back on the ground. And the Rams decide, eh, let's just hand it off 10 times to a running back. Like that is absolutely unacceptable, insane. And it's why the Rams are one and two, not two and one. It's why the Rams did not take advantage of an injured Joe Burrow. Uh, probably the best chance you're going to get against this Bengals team because I think yeah. they're going to ride the wave off this win. They are going to be a problem. AFC was praying that the Rams were going to kill them last night. That is not what happened. And to me, I was sitting there as we wrapped this up. I couldn't believe how much Zach Taylor had Joe Burrow dropping back and throwing the ball on that bum uh, calf. And then yeah. they finally switched it up and they're like, okay, we, we forgot you, but Joe Mixon go, you know, go and do your thing. And while the Rams defense stopped him for the most part, held him like 3.3 yards per carry, uh, Mixon found Pater, and that was the deciding factor. When he found that touchdown, that's when you kind of felt like this game was out of reach. Yeah, I mean, it was in the red zone, Jake. I I just think when it comes to the Rams defense, when it comes to the Rams offense, they're going to have to get it together right now. When it comes to the offensive line, that's the biggest thing, Jake. That's the biggest thing that concerns me after listening and talking just now. The offensive line has to stay healthy. The guys that are hurt have to make sure that, hey, let's get back as quick as we can. The guy, And then also, to the guys that are on the bench right now, they have to get ready to go, Jake, because week 15 comes around. I have a feeling we're going to see new new players on that offensive line. So much of last year is, is giving me that feeling. So guys going to have to get ready. Trade deadline's coming up. The, the Rams offensive line, if they need another player at offensive line, they're going to have to figure that out. But then on the defensive side, we talked about that defensive end pressure. We're talking about Hoyt, tightening it up a little bit. I think Raheem Morris is, is going to have to give, give him some help, right? Simplify the playbook a little bit, give him some help. And we're going to have to start applying some pressure because Joe Burrow should have been running for his life the other night. 
and he wasn't. Thank God Aaron Donald was breaking through double teams all night, but he was he should have been running for his life and he wasn't. And he was he was able to sit back there, Jake, during that blitz and pick apart the defense. And so when it comes to the the DBs specifically, when it comes to how they're showing blitz and pressure, they're gonna have to change it up a little bit because Joe Burrow put on a clinic on how to defeat the Rams defensive pressure. And so um some things to work on. Um 24 hour rule will be in effect in a couple of hours, but Hey man, Rams gonna get it together. It's early in the season. It's overreaction uh, Monday or Tuesday, but let, let's start getting it going. Yeah, and I think that's gonna do it. Parting words here: You had 16 pressures from the Rams. Seven came from Aaron Donald. Byron <laughs> Young had five, and Kobe Turner had three. So you got these rookies picking up the pace. Where is Michael Hoyt? He had one pressure as an edge defender. I just, it's not acceptable. Uh, but the thing that's the least acceptable is just absolutely abandoning the run. Um, but there's always next week, right? That's the good thing. It's only been three games. You got plenty more. They can turn this thing around. One and two is not one and 12. So right. they are still very much in the thick of it. But that's going to do it, folks. I'm Jake oh, Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. You can find him at Cameron Lynch 50 on social. You can find me at JK Bogan on socials uh we'll be back to to give you a preview of the rams and colts but until next time you guys take care later folks peace thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube